On today's episode, we talk about the most recent addition to our favorites list and the current talk of the town. Listen to us as we review and discuss P.D. Shin's latest work, Hospital Playlist. Achakan. Samchon Show, Sohak Heng, Manila, Philippines. Durama Podcaster, please follow our show. Hello everyone, my name is Aji and I am one half of the Samchons. Hello everyone, my name is Robin and I'm the other half of the Samchons and I have a PhD in hobbies. Annyeong everyone, kamsam nida for listening. Uh, today we'll be discussing Hospital Playlist and before we head into that, uh, let me just give you a brief synopsis of the series. So Hospital Playlist, also known as Wise Doctor Life, follows the lives of five friends called the 99ers because they entered the same medical school back in 1999. Now, there is no main plot, just an exploration into their relationships between each other as friends and their lives as respectable doctors and surgeons in Yulje Medical Center. This is the second installment of the Wise Life series helmed by PD Shin Wonho. Shows that depict the slice of life of certain professions like being policemen and criminals back in prison playbook. So it's a very welcome return also for his pairing with scriptwriter Lee Woo-jong, whom he previously worked with for the much-beloved Reply series. Now, Aji, should you watch it? It's a resounding yes for me. If you guys haven't seen it yet, we give you permission to stop listening to us right now and get to it. If you still need convincing though, it won't take long. Yep, it won't take long, for sure. So to make it easier for you to decide if you're going to watch it or not, we've decided to give a brief, spoiler-free opinion review on the plot, the cast, the characters, the themes, the production values, and lastly, wow, it's OST. <laughs> but yes, the, the spoiler-free zone begins now, <laughs> and we'll do a manual beep when it's done. Okay, so let's start with number one, the plot. There's none. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Next. Ooh, Thank that? you. Next. Getting <laughs> <laughs> aside, uh, the series aired for 12 episodes, running an hour to an hour and a half each. So there's, since there's no particular conflict um, that needs to be resolved, the pacing is pretty slow. It builds your connection with the characters, exploring their motivations, their personalities, of course, their aspirations in life. So if I were to make a personal analogy as a hobbyist PhD, it's like slowly cooking beef brisket over fire and wood. Uh, it'll take, a, take long but it'll give you a lot of happiness. Um, I realized there is a plot. Well, or many plots for each character, and then you can essentially, you essentially join them on their journeys. Moving on to the cast, the highlight of the show is its characters and its cast, which I feel is the strongest case and the biggest reason for anyone to catch the show. Introducing the 99ers. The very first and the lead, I'd say, of the group is Ik Jun. And I would describe him as the everyman's friend. He gets along with everyone and is a model dad, question mark, question mark. <laughs> he's the sunshine of the show and he's played by Cho Jong Sok, who owns Ik Jun's character and plays it with a plum. I honestly can't see any other Korean actor playing Ik Jun and especially Even Lee Kwang Soo. No, he doesn't have oh. the same serious charisma. Paternal. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm. And, you know, especially with how he smoothly inserts comedic bits throughout. And then he switches from that mood to a more paternal and competent professor. Yep, fully agree with that. Yeah. And then moving on, we have An Jong Won, who cares incredibly for his pedia patients. And of course, goes the extra mile all the time. He is, though, a man of the Lord. <laughs> Why do you say the was play- it's a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm sorry. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, okay. He's played by Yu Yun Sook. He plays it very well. He visualizes uh, the depth of concern that Jong Won has for his kids in very convincing fa- fashion because Yun Sook naturally acted with a near childlike demeanor over his joy when his patients recover. So that was really pretty uh, amazing to see, and it lended to the authenticity. Of his care for the patients. I hope the the listeners don't misunderstand though, because we highlighted his very loving and caring side for kids, but he's just a selfless guy uh, mm. in general. Moving on, we have Jun Wan, who is not so selfless. <laughs> not so selfless, but still selfless. Just compared to huh? compared to Jung Wan, I think everyone is selfish. Okay. But yeah, okay. my biggest description for Jun Wan would probably be that he is the crude but softy member of the group. He can be rude. 
and he's he didn't have a way with words, but you know that it all comes from a good place. Like he means well. Jun Wan is played by Chong Kyung Ho, who plays this character quite well. He's really good with the uh, the deadpan expression, especially because he looks like such a nice guy, but his words are sharp as knives. He's also good at glaring. Yeah, and he he gets pretty scary at times, even though he looks so nice and timid sometimes. But he's but he's he handsome, is very scary. He's so that's true. That's that's a plus for him. The the true female lead of um recent playbook. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so moving on uh, to So Kyung. He reminds me of you, Aji. He's married to his smartphone <laughs> and his 300-inch TV. So he really loves his variety shows. He used to be indifferent. But you see that in his own ways, he's actually very caring for his patients and the people around him. Kim Dae-myung, who plays So Kyung, uh, he plays it with a bit of restraint, which probably is purposeful because he, he looks pretty funny, as it is. <laughs> so <laughs> True. when he looks pitiful in certain scenes, you don't feel the pity 100%. And he looks a bit sad, Sometimes he's actually not that sad, and when he smiles, it's like seeing real life Mike Krasowski. <laughs> it, it's very, it has a monster like attraction to it. Wow. Like it's very cute in that kind of way. That is yeah. that is such a weird way to describe a character, but it also oddly makes a lot of sense. Like I can imagine it. Good character, played well, played well indeed. And lastly, but definitely not the least. In fact, I might argue. <laughs> yeah, the of most. course, of course not, of course not. We have Che Songhua, and I have to admit that she is dangerously close to being a Mary Sue because she's got the looks, the brains, and the appetite, as well as so many other positive traits. But fortunately, the running joke of her being tone deaf and her borderline toxic productive tendencies provides her character some color. And her character is played by a TV series newcomer, Chon Mido who adds a meta-humor to the show due to her actual singing prowess. Being the only female in the cast isn't easy, but Mido more than keeps up. In your case, I think it's not just keeping up. She steals the show. She steals your heart. And runs away with it. You she runs it. away with <laughs> so it. So biased. You know, but I'd also <laughs> like to know that while we touched on the five main characters, this is a show that is at its best when it weaves its supporting mm. characters and the extended family into the show. And we're happy to say that we both agree that everyone in the show pulls their own weight and no one ever seems out of place. Yeah, uh, I think the scenes with the supporting characters, uh, it feels as if even though their airtime is short, everything feels value-adding and that's um, a very positive uh, production note or to the right, it tends to the writing of uh, the show as well. Yeah, but with it being a slice of life, of course, uh, with P.D. Shin and writer Lee style, so we're very familiar with it, no major theme is directly tackled consistently throughout the series. You know, it's more of picking up on certain values like kindness, patience, understanding, struggle of growing up, etc. Life lessons. When we watch the show, yes, a lot of life lessons. And we, when we watch the show and explore the relationships that our characters currently have and, you know, develop over time throughout the show. Yeah, however, they, they do subtly handle the theme of sacrifice in the show, like throughout the lessons and throughout the whole uh, various pl- minor plot points, there is that overarching theme of sacrifice uh, between the characters. And it goes without saying that being a doctor is a huge responsibility and with the way they crafted these characters, in one way or another you will see what choices have to be made or what compromises must be done for the sake of duty. Yeah, and it's very timely, I think, especially with the global health crisis right now. So a lot As of frontliners for the doctors. Definitely. Yes, doctors, nurses, every medical worker for the sacrifice that they make each and every single day. Now moving on, uh, we are a Samchon show. We discuss K-drama. Let's move on to the production value. Um, for me, as a Samchon, uh, basically amazing. Amazing for me how the hospital sets seemed very realistic, especially with how many surgeries are shown. I never felt that they skimped on their budget or anything like that. So it's an A++ for me. Well, as for cinematography and cuts, PD Shin sometimes has a way of forcing angles or being intention- too intentional with his editing in order to pull off a surprise or a funny moment. So it isn't always perfect, but it isn't excessive either. And it gets the job done. There are times, however, when he uses camera techniques skillfully to convey a feeling. And when you realize it, you'll just find yourself clapping. Yep, And we'll discuss those iconic moments later on in the show. But of course, those are spoilers already, Mm -hmm. right? Now, lastly, the OST. And one word for me, Debak. It's been pumped (laughs) into my veins this past week, running on Hospital Playlist OST on Spotify. Check it out. It's all there. Uh, 
download it. Isn't that a bit lazy? I mean, if you want the preview of how good the soundtrack is, all you listeners, you can look up Aloha, which is sung by Cho Jong Sok and I Knew I Love by Chun Mido. And if it makes any difference, the songs they played in the drama were recorded by the cast themselves. They learned how to play their instruments on top of shooting the show. That's just your bias. <laughs> My personal pick uh, would have to be Confession. It's not flashy. It just gives me very strong feelings of nostalgia for the show that's ended because it was used so often throughout the show. All right, but in conclusion, I think we can both say that the series is a must-watch mm-hmm. for the Samtrons. It's a 12 out of 10. A 12, ladies and gentlemen. Tw- 12! So, Aji, for the false notion of balance, <laughs> any reason why our listeners shouldn't watch it? If they're into plot-driven shows, maybe <laughs> maybe there's that. I think now it's time to enter the spoiler zone. For anyone who hasn't seen the entirety of the series, we have warned you. Your Samchons have warned dun, you. Dun, dun. <laughs> have warned you. So for our deep dive, we'll comment on, of course, the writing, the characters and cast, and the themes that the show explores in more detail. And of course, random musings of the two of us. So Aji, let's start with the script. What did you like most? It's hmm, it's not going to please everyone because not everyone's ships or pairing came through. And again, there is no main plot. But mm-hmm. this is a show that tends itself to a lot of Easter eggs. There is careful attention to detail and there were lines or bits that were well-placed and witty that you'll only notice them when you rewatch the show. For example, in the first episode, during the funeral of Chong Won's dad, Chong Won's phone rings and both Sok Kyung and Chun Won get startled. Sok Kyung says, my heart almost exploded. And Chun Won says, I thought I lost my unborn child. Then they get mad at each other, saying that they don't know how painful each other's words were. And when they first say this, it goes over my head as normal banter. And it's only when their specializations are revealed that Sok Kyung, as an ob gynae, which is why he took offense to the pain of losing an unborn child, and Chun Wan is a cardiologist, which is why he was repulsed by the thought of a heart exploding. And we, I only saw that also because of you, because of the rewatch, and you noted this already. So, yeah. Very I guess it's a testament Edition. to how Yu Jong really knows her characters and that they're into the role as early as episode mm, one, even though facts aren't revealed yet. Yep. But to add to that, actually, and I hate to admit this like in terms of the writing, but it probably has a lot more wit than you know we can give it credit for just because we can't really understand Korean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like I found the guy will winter joke that Song Hwa had with Jun Wan. Jong Won, really witty, like Winter was coming. Ah, oh, Game of Thrones, ah. <laughs> but that was just a lucky catch. Mm-hmm. What I liked most was how PD Shin explored important topics in very realistic and relatable ways. The show squeezes in life lessons with each patient that comes along the lives of our 99ers, and that's endearing. It was a reminder that our interactions with people really do build up our life, and these experiences accumulate to strongly shape who we are. Those are just a few of the very many purposeful details that writer Yi Wu-jong added throughout the series. Doctors have actually done various reviews on YouTube praising the show's accuracy and well-researched script. We can literally fill an entire episode of this with bits of the show's ingenuity just because it adds that many layers to the show. I think our other points later on will still technically fall under this because it affects so many other aspects of the show, so thank God it's good. Now we'll get to the meat. I'd say of the podcast because the best part of the, the show. characters, yep, the characters and the cast, I would say is undoubtedly the best part of Hospital Playlist. I fully agree. Fully agree with that assessment. All right, so let's start. We'll go ahead with Jong Won. So the things that I liked with Jong Won, he's very, very nice. He's a good pediatrician. If I had a child, I would send him to Korea to be Jong Won's patient. <laughs> that's how nice he and good he is yeah you know that he will take care of of your baby like the only times he's gotten mad would be because of Diol. you know yeah or someone someone mistreating the babies oh yeah that guy that father who was beating up his two kids yep he yep. got really mad and called the cops on them on him and he's he's very hardworking I'd say that's one of the things oh, yeah, that sure. was constantly highlighted about him the fact that he did not have a day off for months because of a specific patient or the fact that 
he gives away most of his earnings to a sponsorship program. Yeah, Daddy Long Legs. For... He is Daddy Long Legs, right? In a way, it doesn't. It's not surprising that he wants to be a priest because of how he shows most of the characteristics of what a priest is, like the selflessness, the kindness, and his happiness coming from other people's happiness. Yep. Anything else you wanted to add on him? Like the things you like? Because honestly, I think he's very vanilla. I'll just get it out of the way. Dude, that is probably his biggest flaw. He's very one-dimensional, right? Yeah. He's, he's nice. And I am not sure if it's because he really is just one-dimensional or it's because of the show purposely not Showing those other facts. sides of him. Yeah, the, the other facets to John Wan. Because, for example... Well, the way he attacked we... Yoel by the end was very interesting, to say the least. <laughs> for <laughs> me, there is cognitive dissonance. Oh, out of character, eh? Yeah, because he was he was going to become a priest. Yeah, but he, he couldn't... Was going to be chased. He couldn't sign that life. vow of chastity. That's why he's been playing around with it for no. the past three to <laughs> No. <laughs> All right, so for Aji, it was out of character for John Wan. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Okay. Not to me. Not another to me. F- <laughs> we that is for cleansing my hands. Debate. That is for debate. Yeah, if later, you have later. anything to say, please do. Well, anyway, to the other, I guess, flaws of John Wan, I don't fully understand why he needs to become a priest. Like if it's for me it's not enough of a reason that the rest of your family is serving the Lord. That's why you need to serve the Lord because you can serve God in different ways. In different ways. I'm in sure, being a doctor, for sure. Yeah, in being a doctor, he is already doing a great job of helping. And in people. being the doctor, if you're being very frank here, he's probably doing a better job of serving the people than he could be being a priest. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So Zhang Wan, overall, very nice doctor, very nice person, very good visuals, and very good singer too. I was very surprised that he could sing well as a drummer. But overall... But very... Frugal, oh yeah, and cheap. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, like, I wouldn't say he's comes, cheap because he gives away his money when it comes surgeries. to strangers. When it comes to strangers, he's generous as long as he knows you need it. But when it comes to his friends, who are just, cheap. I guess because <laughs> because he doesn't have money anymore, or like he has to give it away, he's thrifty. That's it's a good point, and Which that's evidence both by good and bad. If it, it is. It is. But in. You know, this 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 is evidenced by him remembering Sok Kyung's dad not paying for the cigarettes that he asked him to buy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I remember that. And him remembering that he wasn't given any money to buy it. So he wasn't mad at the fact that this dude was sending a kid to buy cigarettes. No, he was just mad that he wasn't given the money. And he remembers it after all these years. But yeah, that's that's basically John Wan in a nutshell. Like clear cut. Good and bad. And would would you say his growth point for the series was when he realized he didn't need to become a priest to be of service? No, I think the point would have to be when he made out with with Yol. <laughs> I have much to say. <laughs> Let's move on to another character before we debate on that. I think it's good to now move on to his roommate, supposedly, Jun Wan. Now, things I liked about Jun Wan. I think top of my mind would have to be how he's so positive about his relationship with women, at least Ixun, that he's very supportive of her career even though it means that she has to move away for a long time. There's no pressure with them getting married or anything like that. He's very, very progressive with the way he thinks about relationships. And we can also see this with his friendship with Songwa. Like earlier on, you you might have thought like there, there's kind of a red airing there that he might have feelings for Songwa. Uh, because of how he treats her very closely and stuff like that. But then you realize... No, but you know, he's very different with Songhua and Ixun. Yes, like, that's he's, a good point. He's not as gentle with Songhua. Mm-hmm. Like, he's nice to her, but he's not gentle with her. He doesn't like, he's act a, lot like softer, a puppy. A lot more mellow. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a side he only shows Ixun. And I think that's that's a point that I want to make about Junwan. It's not necessarily good or bad, like what I like about him. It's, it's just, just fact. I think he's one of the types of people, which you probably know one of, where you see them in one way. As a friend, you know he's like this. Hmm. But as a lover, they're different. And they only show that side of themselves to their significant other. So what what didn't you like about Jun? Uh, Maybe how rude he was, but then 
just because of the fact that I can relate to his rudeness. Like, yeah, he his does, words have no filter. It doesn't of you. <laughs> yeah, like the way he speaks is very factual, very blunt, very matter-of-fact without regard to the feelings of the receiver of the information. It reminds me of myself. Maybe that's why I like him a lot. <laughs> very relatable to me. But I can see why people wouldn't, would, would be annoyed by that or be offended. Well, I, on the contrary, I think he's misunderstood. Yeah. And he doesn't care. For one, that he's okay. misunderstood because that's just his uh that's just his that's just his personality, wherein he has a rough exterior that he's a tough guy or that he whines because he doesn't like certain things, but he will appreciate the things that you do silently. He will get your back when you need it. And yeah, and I think a good example here is how mm-hmm. even though he probably didn't want to at the start, he took up that chair as a chair, department chair position. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to be able to save, quote-unquote, save his chief resident because he was going to resign because of an incident. So as the chair with higher authority now, he takes responsibility for the actions of his resident. Mm-hmm. So for me, that was a good indication of how Jun Wan really is a good guy, you know, in his own ways. And another example would be how after Jehak successfully led an operation, of course, Jun Wan was cold again, saying mm-hmm. he could have done better. But then he takes a pause and then tells his mentee that, you know, actually, I thought that you did much better than I thought you would. What's happening to you? Like, he can't be 100% nice. Oh, yeah, he can't. He, can't. he needs that <laughs> rough rough word in. <laughs> Another example that I can think of is when he asks Dr. Zhang to break up with Songhua. And at first, Songhua is offended that he didn't tell her. Yes. But he he had already acted on it even before telling her, so he didn't feel the need to tell her. He never made that excuse either. Like, you know, he never told Songhua that, you know what, actually, I went to your boyfriend's office. He's a very silent doer. If anything, you know he's loyal. And yeah, he has for sure. Back. For sure. Those three examples, I'd say, would capture him pretty well. That yes. he does a lot of things people don't notice. And he doesn't care. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, let's move on to... Mr. Sound of Your Heart, So Kyung. <laughs> I, I see myself in him. And he reminds me of, of myself because I understand his issues with social awkwardness. Like, he just can't. Or he'd rather do other things. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately, I would not say it's okay. Because he is someone who... It's probably part of their job, A mentor. Right? Yeah, that's, that's true. And he is... Someone of his position probably yeah. cannot afford that luxury. Yes. So he must be able to give a minimum, which he does towards the end of the series. It's just... Mm. At the start, he's shown to avoid them by faking calls. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Pretending to receive texts just so he doesn't have to socialize. Minha eventually found it endearing. Like, she did not mind that he was an introvert. Like, it's because he has other layers to him mm. that she eventually f- fell for him. So, it's not a big knack that he's socially awkward. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a positive. I wouldn't say it's a negative. It's just, just, just who he is. Just who he is. For me, his biggest redeeming quality is his relationship with his mother. When we first get introduced to his character as a mama's boy, I thought that it was because of, I guess, a lack of skills or him being clingy to his mother who still does certain things for him. But when I found out about his backstory, about him losing his sister, about his dad cheating and his mom getting stroke, it made sense that because he felt that it was just him and his mom left in the family and he saw how much his mom suffered, he took it upon himself to include her in his life. So whenever they have dinners and he calls her, it's not because, you know, he can't stand to be apart from her because he wants to care for her. He wants her to be updated with what's happening in his life. He wants her to not feel like she's alone. I don't disagree with the fact that it is a positive trait, but it's more of my personal favorite of his or his most redeeming quality for me is how he pays attention to the details and how he deals with his patients and how caring he is for his patients. So just case in point, my favorite moment of him is when he asked Chu Minha to cover the mouth of the baby, of mm-hmm. the brainless baby, and even asked the nurse to play very loud music just to cover his bases. I think that whole sequence really showed how he cared for his patients in such a deep way that his resident didn't understand. And we as viewers personally didn't know either. And yeah, like she thought he was being selfish. <laughs> yeah. like, And you take, take her side. You take her side because you look yeah. at this guy. He looks like he doesn't care. And then you see this whole other side of him, 
with him supporting the mom, giving her very strong words of encouragement, how she did a great job and all that. And for me, that was just like a great way to round out his character. And surprisingly, he is a very well-rounded character, at least compared to Jong Won. Sorry, I still love Jong Won. Wow. But and Jun Won, I'd say he's rounder than both of them. He, yes, yes. That that is my take. And among all five of them, and please debate with me if you don't agree. Like among all five of them, it seems that he's the one who showed most. <laughs> it seems that he showed the most growth throughout the twelve episodes. Well, we're about to see hey, more growth. Okay. Dealing with the ex. All right. Okay. We'll see. Okay. Moving on to no. the next two heavy hitters, stars. Next up, Ikjun. Let's talk about Ikjun. Ikjun Station. Right. Well, we know we know that he's a social butterfly and that he has good grades. And Dude, he has everything. everything. Except he could have had Goara. <laughs> Uh, no, I think he's right <laughs> that he passed on her because in his words, if he stuck with Goara, he would not have Uju. That's true. So I will choose right, Uju right. over Goara. Okay, so we, we, we've we said a lot of his positive traits. He's friendly. He's nice. He's, he's one of the most caring, empathetic doctors. He's smart. He, in, in his own way, mm. yes. He's funny. He can play the lead What's guitar. The okay, so with Ikjun, I think I want to highlight two points. One, how he displays his kindness to his okay. patients and to how he extends that kindness to someone Ooh. and his other friends. Okay, so first, with his patients, one of the cases that struck me was the Children's Day case wherein a dad got released and on the next day when he was supposed to eat jajangmyeon with his kid, he gets into an accident. And when they're about to harvest organs. his organs for donation, Ikjun purposely delays the surgery just so the the dad's death anniversary would not fall on the same day as Children's Day. When he does this, he was very good at handling that situation because he knew what he wanted. And he was able to explain it to the rest of the team in a very, I guess, emotional yet... Very direct. A firm, just a firm, way. Yeah. 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 But he he did not want the kid to remember Children's Day to be a sad day for him. Yeah, because he's never going to be able to eat Jajang mm-hmm. with his father. Oh! And that's one. And the other one is your favorite. What, Bin? Yeah. That whole scene where he accompanies Bin and her mother to the ICU where the dad is now ready for visitation. Where they all end up crying. How the dad is asking Bin if anything hurts and she says no and then they just cry. And then you see the camera pan to Ikjun. And he's just there by the wall with his surgery mask, which he then pulls up to his eyes just because he that was. Want I did not know to whether to cry or to laugh at that scene. I don't know about you, man. I cried. <laughs> I, I I cried. Another moment where we see his compassion and his understanding of his patient is the one with Doctor Ko. You remember Doctor Ko from Prison Playbook? Yeah. Well, I, I think he needed a, a liver transplant. Yeah. And the, his family was pretty much pressuring and expecting the wife. To give it up. Mm-hmm. And then Ikjun notices uh, the apprehension of the mother. So he finds a way for him to be able to talk to the mother alone without the family. And this is where he realizes or finds out that their only child is deaf. And the apprehension comes from that fact that, of course, organ donation isn't completely safe. There is always a risk attached to that. And if the mom, God forbid, donates her part of her liver and it doesn't work out then who is going to take care of this kid and yeah. I love how Ikjun did not take it against her I love how he explains that you know I understand the risks I un- I respect your decision and he tells her that it's normal that it's, it's not anything to be ashamed of like just so, because you're family members you're not yes exactly because there's always risk yeah it's, you're not required you're not of course it's your decision moving on to Sohwa like, if it isn't obvious yet, I am part of the ship that believes and strongly feels that they should get together. And the show kind of teases it in a lot of ways oh, yeah, about for sure. how Songhua takes care of Uju and how they take care, take care of each other. And especially, I would like to point out specific moments. Wow, with time stamps, though. I will get back to that. But the first one where we see well, I wouldn't say it's the first, but the one that stood out to me was when he was supposed to meet with Goara for oh, breakfast. Right. I and, you know, that, that, that was one of his what-ifs. Hmm. But when he finds out that Songwa was awaiting her breast cancer results, yep, he, he forgoes that. He, he does that very smoothly, by the way, just so he doesn't set her, uh, sorry, Goara's expectations and he doesn't make 
excuses, just that you know he has surgery and he may or may not make it. And he he has time. It's just that he chooses to go to Songhua and be there for her. And I think that is very indicative of how he feels because earlier in that episode, Joel was actually rushed to the emergency room for allergies when she asks if Jongwon Jong visited. Ah, Dr. yeah. And then Chu Minha was like, Minha says, if he really liked you, he, he would have gone here. Oof. And But surprise, he was actually there outside. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> But yeah, Ik Jun, to, to that point, by Minha, Ik Jun was there for Songhwai, sacrificing sleep and, you know, wanting to be the support for her. And especially that conversation that they had, which I will focus on in a later part, in a later segment of the pod. I was about to say, like, that conversation they have in episode 12 is probably the biggest indication of his feelings for her, but okay. <laughs> it, it was a very healing conversation. There was also another time when Songhua and Ikjun were having dinner. And during that dinner, Songhua gets a call for an emergency. And without hesitation, Ikjun packs up and drives her to the hospital. And, you know, he's tired. He's had a full day. I thought he would go home. Yet he ended up staying and waiting for Songhua to finish. So that is Songhua was surprised too. That was support right there. Yeah. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That is true. That's a very good point. Does he have any flaws? Dun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll save it for a later segment, but I have my thoughts on that. <laughs> you only have one. Oh, yeah. And it might not even be a flaw. That might be the way the, the show is packaged. So he's essentially a perfect guy. Yeah, more or less. Usually, perfect characters tend to be boring. He avoids that pitfall because he has so many quirks to him. And he's, just, yeah. you know, he's a funny guy. So he's, he's charming. Like how he, he's always described to, to have lived in the nightclub <laughs> back then. And moving on to, to our final character of the 99ers, we have Che Songhua. Okay, everyone, I'm just gonna tune out, go off air, <laughs> let Aji do his thing. No, I, I want to know your thought. Songhua. What do I like about Che Songhua? A lot, a lot. For me, the main one that I like about Songhua is probably how smart she is. It's very attractive to me. I like how there was this one instance that I will remember probably the most is when she was talking to Captain An about how she asks a lot of questions to him and her chief resident. Mm -hmm. Not because they don't, she doesn't like them, but it's more of she wants to keep them alert. And then she goes on to explain that in this job, we get used to it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we cannot do as doctors. And it just really goes to show that she, man, this, this, she knows her stuff. Like, she knows how to be an excellent doctor. And we already know that she's an almost perfect character. Like, she, she, I would say, is the pillar of the group. She emotionally grounds the boys. The 99 Like, if they have problems, they go to her. And you know, there are numerous times when they convene in her office and they have lunch there. And just to add on your point, it's lovely to see a solo female in a group with a group of boys. And like, she's not afraid to be judged. Especially, they went to school in 1999. People would probably have judged her for being so close with so many males. But you know, she doesn't care. Because she's, yeah, she's strong enough to fight them off. Exactly, exactly. What can you say to a woman that smart, that good, that charismatic? <laughs> but, you know, for all this, for all that talk about how she is so strong... And perfect. She does have chinks in her armor, which I am grateful for because it humanizes her. She can't sing. And like us, she is afraid of cancer. And that particular scene where... Dude, is that a flaw? Who is not afraid of cancer? No, I I think that's a, that's a fallacy. I'm sure there are people who are not scared of cancer. People who want to die. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there, that, that particular scene where Songhua is trembling and you know struggling to put on her lipstick is a stark contrast to the Songhua that we normally see. The composed, the chic mm. Songhua. And you know I thought that was particularly good in showing us a different side of Songhua. And I can't wait yeah. to see what other weaknesses she has. Ik Jun, I, I don't know. I don't want to hope. <laughs> but you know, another thing that I think a fresh perspective or a fresh side that Songhua has as opposed to the usual female lead is how direct she is when she asks Chi Hong if he likes her. And when oh, he yeah, admits that he does, she is very clear. Directly but not yeah. hurtfully. She clearly tells him to stop. And, you and know, his that, response was great. Yeah, you can't stop a feeling. But you know, at least yeah. they both did what they had to. They were clear about their feelings, their intentions, and what they want to happen. I hope she is able to maintain that clarity and straightforwardness when it comes to Ik Jun in Season 2. Ik Jun. Oi. Oi. Do, you, do you want to move yeah, on? Yeah, that should be it for the 99ers. Let's move on to the relationships and friendships between the supporting characters and the friendships mm. between the 99ers as a whole, as well as you know their relationships with their family members. I really like how their banter, the way they joke around, it's usually 
very frank, very blunt, nearly unfiltered, but not unfiltered to the point that it's hurtful. But it, it basically makes me feel that, hey, these guys have been friends. Yeah, because they're 40. So I don't think the drama bothers them anymore. Like, they just say yeah, what they want. That's true. They like, want. It's more no nonsense. Yep. Yeah, they're very comfortable with each other. Because they've been friends for so long, they know their way around each other. That they know That's how true. to stop they... the boundaries between each other. Moving on to the next point. Even when they fight, it's never too personal. You know, this was shown in episode one or episode two, where when they were eating yeah. Songwa and yeah. Junwan. And Songwa and Junwan were fighting about her ex and him not yep. telling her. But even amidst all the fighting, they were still, you know, attentive to each other's needs and passing the condiments. Yeah, passing around utensils. Yeah, so there's and stuff there are like no petty fights between these people. Like, they know how to apologize. They know how to talk about their issues. And, you know, that is a friendship that we should all strive for. Yeah. It's just indicative of how long these people have been together. And I'm very happy for them that they're finally getting to work in the same hospital after all these years. So props to them. I do feel like this is a really good mix of characters. And there are characters that take a backseat to the stronger personalities, but they know how to play off of each other. That's true. And we've spent so much time talking about our Mm -hmm. main leads, our 99ers. And I think it's about time we give much-deserved love to the supporting characters. Because the show does give a lot of love to the supporting characters as well. And that's one of the few things about this K-drama that sets it apart from other K-dramas. Yeah, so you want me to start? Yeah. All right, I'll go ahead. My personal favorite side characters, I love me, my elder people, President Drew and Mama Rosa. Mm Mm-hmm. The reason why I love these two elderly people is that they kind of give us that glimpse of how difficult it actually is to to grow up and grow old. And I'm going to give two examples here. The first one is when they were learning Mafia and actually having fun, but they were actually pretty struggling to get the rules at the start. Thank God Jong-Won is Buddha. But it's a good reminder to us that when we teach modern games or gadgets to our folks, let's do our best to be patient because it's not that their brains are slow. Well, it kind of is sometimes, you know, that, that time that, no? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that time Rosa forgot that she took a taxi and she was looking for her car. That was classic. But, you know, we grew up with these things that we're trying to teach. So we're able to learn them and process them at a much faster pace. So let's try to extend that kind of patience because, you know, when we are able to successfully teach them, you see how much fun they're having. Mm-hmm. And these people are just laughing out of their minds. And especially for Sukyong's so- so- mother, like he, she hasn't, she admitted that she hasn't laughed in a long time like that. And it was with strangers. It was because of mafia. Mm-hmm. And then the second moment was President Ju's dinner with his child's family that got canceled because the, the grandkid had a tummy problem. And then he was scared to call his son because he didn't want to feel like an additional nuisance because they were already dealing with a, with a kid getting sick. And yeah. it just reminded me of how sometimes when I ask my grandmother to call me whenever because I'm just in the house. Like, she'd tell me that she, eh, I don't know. Uh, I'd rather not. You might be busy. I might be a nuisance. And it's just, it's also a call to action for us, for the younger people, that we have to be more mindful that we have to reach out. Yeah, you want to talk about the residents? Yeah. Okay, so we have Gyo-ol, who is kind of like... Winter. Don't want in a way. Like, she's pretty flat. Vanilla. vanilla. But she's so... At the very least, I give her more character development than Jong-won. Because she has more room. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I'm I'm not too high on her as a character because it feels like she's she's good at what she does and she's necessary for the hospital to function. Yep. But it feels like she's in the show to serve as as a plot device. Jong Won's forest love line. Okay, let's talk about the residents that you actually like. Okay, there's Mina who helps grow Sokyong and make him realize certain things about you know caring about his teammates. And being a good leader. You know, I think she does a really good job of teaching people or showing people how to deal with coworkers or colleagues that are foxes or, you yeah. know, who like to ride on the coattails of others. Yeah. She does that by powering through and, you know, eventually telling their boss or their leader about how she feels and what the situation is like. like how she, she feels about him. She never <laughs> imposes on like what she wants to happen exactly. Yeah, she's just not afraid to tell the facts. Among the residents, I'd say she is the perfect balance of someone who has a... The resident against the professor? Yes, that's one. But also in terms of personality, like how strong she is versus how she also knows when to take a step back. Although most of the time, it's pushing forward Mm. with how forward she is with Sokyong. And I admire that. That's why I'm cheering for her. 
Then we have mm. Jeha, who is the chief resident of the cardiothoracic center. To me, he's probably the second or the third funniest character in the cast. Like, he has a lot of mishaps, oh, yeah. and he does not let those bring him down. Yeah, he's, he's like a shonen hero. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of Rocky. Yes. Even yes. with the haircut. <laughs> like, Jun-Wan is a dick to him, but he just takes it all in stride. Like, you know... Yeah. And he says he loves Professor Kim, and he doesn't want Kim Jun-Wan, and he doesn't want him to abandon him for another hospital because and he, you see that he's gonna he's gonna get be sold apparently <laughs> if Jun-Wan abandons him. That is so him. cute. Like Loki, one of the bromance pairings that I look forward to. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with how Jun-Wan ends up sharing more uh, sweet moments with his mm-hmm. chief resident. And it's something I look forward to. Although he is a bit naive. Oh, yeah. It's not just naive. Like, there are times when he's unduly confident. Like, people kept warning him about the scam and he was like, eh, I, I took so many exams. I took so many studying to get where I am. You think I'll be scammed? Whoop. <laughs> there you and, go. And, you know, it's part of his charm. Although I hope it doesn't, you know, take yeah, too true. much of a toll out of him. Uh, who do I have left? We have Chi Hong. Chi Hong so, and I forget the other dude's name. So, the chief is a little bit underdeveloped for me. Yeah. And his love line feels a bit... Yeah, it's... Eh. Yeah. Can do without it. That's how I feel about him. I thought he was going to be central to the story early on with how, you know, he argues... He has a lot of airtime early on. Songhua. But then that's taken over by yeah. Chi Hong, who is actually a pretty fleshed out as a supporting character. Yeah, he has a lot of backstory. We know how he got to where he is now. He's connected with Ixo mm. and he has aspirations and he pines for one of our leads. So he's pretty involved. But to me, he's also vanilla. Like, he's too much of a nice guy. He he did a lot of things for Song. I gave her shoes. He hmm. left an umbrella for her. So, you know, he's just always there. It's just the nice guys don't always win. You have to be nice and funny. That's true. And that's what Ikjun did. <laughs> oh, wow. Did they leave anyone? I think the, that, that douchey guy. Oh. Yeah, speaking of the, the villains, you know, I like how oh, yeah. okay. villains. deals with this concept of a villain. Especially in the show in particular. Yeah. Like, we have characters who look like villains and they have played villains before, but... President. The president. Yeah. Writer Yu Jong addresses it in a very meta way in that Rosa says, yeah, he looks like a bad guy, right? From the outside, you know, oh, yeah. he looks like he's scheming up to something. But mm. if you get to know him, he's actually a really nice guy and, you know, he cares for the people around him. And there are numerous times in episode one where P.D. Shin edits it just so it looks like He's a bad guy. But when in fact, Yeah, the, the cues mm-hmm. and the way Rosa describes him as oh, the nerve of this guy to come here. Right? Except hey, like, what's wrong with him? And then you end up learning that it's because his wife is sick. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty classic PD Shen twist um that mm. he does in his other dramas wherein someone looks like a bad guy, but is actually not. And I like the message that it sends us because we've become so desensitized, like we we have become disused used to the for the stereotype villains, yeah. Yep. That you know, we shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Dr. Min and Dr. Chon, I, w- yeah. I would agree that they're not For, villains. The chief Min from Neuro and then Chon from Cardio. Cardio. Like, they're dicks, but they're not <laughs> villains. Because, you know, they have their own agenda. They're irrelevant to the plot. Yeah. So well, that's, that's kind yeah. of how P.D. Shin spins it. They can be mean to the rest of the cast, but it doesn't matter in the big picture, you know, because yep. life finds a way to deal with people like this. So they're not worth the airtime. They're not worth the stress and the attention that they're seeking. And that's what I like about uh, P.D. Shen's style. I think that's a very comprehensive discussion on the supporting guys. Although, shout out to the twins. They provide the medical student twins. They provide a lot of comedy. They're kind of like a guide. In a way, Yeah, they are. The viewers are the twins. They're like that. Yeah. We get rotated around. It's like, that's our point of view. Yeah. Mm, That's a good take. That's a good take. Okay. Right, moving moving on. on. Production. I think you have a lot more to say about production. Okay. Cause... So I I noticed um, in quite a few scenes where the camera pans towards the door of Songhua's room and then it zooms in through or the glass window yeah, and we see the 99ers eating. The way it's framed, is, it kind of looks like we're peeking through the door and mm. that symbolically you know, signifies that we're just taking a look or a glimpse into the lives of these doctors, of these friends as they live it. So it's a very, I don't know, it's it's very meta, meta. and for me. Another oh, thing that I appreciate with the production is 
the color grading, especially when they have a song. Like the outfits mm, are bad. almost always on point. That they're differentiated with each other, and the mm. colors are always so distinct. And that's when they also get to show a bit of their personality mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. work, especially with the other characters who aren't as outgoing or who don't have a lot of non-work interaction. Yeah, I, I'd probably dress like Sokyong. <laughs> no, even worse, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Another point that I'd like to point out is that whenever they do wow. flashbacks, the hairstyles are so accurate. Like I have seen oh, that, that long bit, that yeah, long strand yeah. of Ikijun. And, that's you accurate? know the part in the oh middle, the perms. <laughs> The glasses. 1999. Such a wonderful year in Korean fashion. You know, the whole throwback, the whole production thing, P.D. Shen and writer Woo Jong have nailed, you know, their callbacks and being accurate. So I'm not surprised they were able to do that. And the show just seems really well-researched, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's not surprising. The cinematography. <laughs> the camera work that really left an impact to me was when Sokyung was talking to one of the wives who just had a miscarriage. Oh, the OB guy in the scene. Yes, and oh, one yeah. of the moms... That was, that was powerful. Powerful. One of the moms was initially pissed because it was taking such a long time. But when she realized... Yeah, and, and her husband was like, you know, babe, chillax. It's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Lots of patience. Mm-hmm. And then when this mother who had just lost her unborn child was taking her time, of course, taking her time, processing emotionally, mm-hmm. He, the guy, of course, he, he doesn't understand because he's a guy, he's not pregnant. He wants to confront the nurse, what's taking so long, and his wife just grabs him. From yeah. that scene, the camera pans slowly out. pans out yeah. and shows the long line of mothers who are, I guess, honoring or respecting the death of the unborn child because they know what it's yep. like, they know what the stress is like. And that scene just, you know, it, it said a thousand words, true enough. All right. Next up, we have Slice of Life lessons. So, just lessons we picked up over the show. I think this first point, You'd want to speak on this. Yeah, I think the show wanted to highlight the point that doctors sacrifice a lot, that they don't have work-life balance. And there are numerous times throughout the show where any of the 99ers would be doing something. They'd be having dinner. They'd be with family. They'd be doing their own thing. Yeah, but whenever they get an emergency call, they leave without hesitation because they are very responsible, dutiful doctors. They're very committed to their patients. I personally did not think that before. Like, I always thought the doctors could always, you know, decide what times they get to work and that if I needed a particular yeah, because we doctor, only I would just get to know them as outpatients, mostly. Yeah. Work-life balance. Okay. Uh, just to add, I like this exchange between two residents. I think it was between the neuro chief resident and the cardio chief resident. And they went mm-hmm. basically, trip? What's a trip? Weekend? What's a weekend? Basically just saying <laughs> that, you know, as doctors, what's that? That's alien to us. Yep. Facts. And they're, they're fine with it. Oh, Ikjun also told a patient who was sorry for making him come to work on weekend. a weekend. And then Ikjun says, doctors don't have weekends. And they were completely fine with that. Yeah. It's a so respect, way of life. Respect. Next up is, I got the feeling that the show wanted to say not all patients are dicks. Oh yeah, for sure. Because throughout the show, there are, there are some patients that are mean and insensitive to the doctors. But at the same time, there are also patients that were very understanding to some of the mistakes that happened. For example, the guy whose head got shaved. Hmm, I would not have exhibited the same amount of understanding. But the parents understood that you know the, the intern was new hmm. and it was really a, not a big deal compared to what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And so I like their them. rationalization about it. Like, what, what does hair compare to the life of my son? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was a good one. All right, next up, bosses. So the way the bosses just really step up for their residents. I think we've touched up on this earlier. The two top-of-mind examples that I can think of was when Junwan took on the role of department head in order to apologize and save Jehak from yep. quitting or from having a pay cut. And the next one was when Sokyong validated Mina because he understood what she needed back then was support and you know a morale boost as well as a reassurance that he knew what she was doing. And he gave that. So knowing that your boss has your back is such a big deal that you can make mistakes, that they will support you no matter what, and it's a joy of life. And it's very nice to see on screen. All right. I think I mentioned this earlier with the Song Hua quote on being alert on the job, but basically it gave me newfound respect for how doctors need to basically refresh their knowledge and they can't just be on cruise control because, you know, in a corporate job, becomes routine and you're working well you're not making mistakes but you're on cruise control mm-hmm. with doctors you get to see that you they can't you know, a lot of respect just for, for doctors my next one is when the daughter needed a liver 
for for transplant and the dad was too old and, and too fat but Ikjun initially thought that the dad would wouldn't come back yes I remember yeah, this yeah but and then, he he claims that I know that look they never come back oh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he he was jaded and I think that's that's a yeah. growth point for yes. Ikjun but oh yeah actually wrong. actually actually he was proven wrong because the dad did come back and he lost weight he just so, so fit just so just donate. so he could donate yeah he, he begged Ikjun and Ikjun you know for me that is one of the greatest displays of love that that selflessness you know that desperation to do whatever it takes to help your daughter Hospital Pilas did a very good job of yeah. showing that type and of that was what, love 15 to 20 minutes but it drove home such a strong point mm-hmm. and my last point for the life lessons is that there are a lot of things that happen in the show where lines or actions are done off screen and a lot of lines are said left unsaid. Mm. But, Especially between characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, we gloss, the show glosses over that fact, I guess, to highlight the fact that this is a hospital setting that doctors don't have time to worry about those things because they always have patients to take care of or there's a life that's on the line. So it's always put on the back burner. But at the same time, it's I would I interpreted it as a way of PD Shin saying that it things do not need to be said for them to be understood or for them to be appreciated. That you yeah. don't need to make a fuzz in order to show that you love your friends or that you support your friends or your family. And time and time again, it's showed through various acts of selflessness of love by the characters in the show. And I give mad props to Hospital Playlist for pulling it off the way it did. I fully agree okay. with that. I fully agree. Yep. So that that is yeah. No fighting on that point. Point. And, and there are a lot of life lessons for it. like each patient really introduces. Yeah, these us. are just some yeah. of the very very many. Oh, like, oh. Before we go, sorry. Like I wanted to add that take on child parenthood. Not child actually. Like they were in their twenties. They were twenty. I think they were exactly twenty. Mm-hmm. And the way the grandmoms were basically treating them still like children who can't handle mm-hmm. this the situation, and they were trying to act off. Because the mom was but afraid. They held it that, in. Yeah, like she was so afraid that her mom would not let her see her own child because she was crying and breaking down because she was too young for it. And I there, another example of how Jun Wan is actually very compassionate. Like he, he lets this 20-year-old woman put a charm in his pocket because mm-hmm. it, it eases her. And I think that was one of the very few times that Jun Wan tells a patient that everything that, will be okay. I'll, okay. Yeah. I think that was the only time. Yeah, exactly. I, see, see. Even as we're going along, we're still remembering life lessons mm-hmm. from this great, great show. Oh, right, but yeah, move. Let's move on. Like, this one will be pretty brief. Oh, right, cameos. Like the cameo section will make a cameo now. Oh, right, because and, because we are big fans of PD Shin. You notice a I lot. I think this is just a bonus. Bonus, to... yeah, a bonus to fans of his work who have followed this work. Go ahead. Right, so just making from a list. Bo Gum's parents from Reply 1988, Kim Sun Young, and Choi Song. And for the latter, he's also in prison playbook, you know. And then the Tortoise makes an appearance, you know, remembering of Bo Gum. Maybe they couldn't get Bo Gum, he's too expensive now. Then Sum Dong Il, of course, the father of the entire South Korea, and Kim Sung Kyun, both playing literal fathers now as fathers of God's wow. word. It's freaking meta humor in my head honestly and then from prison playbook so many cameos jailbird dr ko lieutenant na mealtime shouter and the osd all make their appearance here and i was so hyped and then lastly i think go ara from reply 1994 who don't <laughs> a lot of these don't actually contribute to moving the story forward but it's a nice treat for the fans of pd shin that go back and watch his shows. Like, I I don't think any other show does this. So, props to him. Yeah, for sure. And now to balance things out. Aji, it's time to discuss the things we didn't like. Okay, let's get this <laughs> over with. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll start. Mm-hmm. I'll start with this one. There were times that at the end of the episode, the summary of the episodes, there are certain scenes which I'm like, hey, I didn't. I for, I totally forgot that happened in this episode, and, and that's both a good and a bad. Like good in a way that I was so heavily entertained that there's so many things that happen, etc., etc. But then, mm-hmm. w- if my sense of time gets that distorted, that I totally forget it, then it's probably bad for me that 
you know, there are certain scenes or certain situations that get glossed over in my memory space. Well, at the end of the day, you know, they did pack each episode with a lot of events. But I guess that's what the journey is. You know, we, because of the many things that happened, it feels like we've been with them throughout a longer period of time, through a lot of experiences. And that's why it's both good and bad. It's just Yeah, but then there is the part where we discuss things we didn't like, man. Don't let's not make excuses. So you don't <laughs> think that it was a little bit overdone. Like for me, I I I dare say he could have cut out some of the cameos or they could have written Yeah, he really could a little have bit to make lighter. things more succinct. But then, you know, at the end of the day, but it looks I flavor. enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, uh, I do think it could be edited better. Oh, PD Shin, someone's coming for your job. Just, just, just shorter. <laughs> um, my, the next thing that I didn't like is the fact that almost every episode, or at least every other episode, had a liver transplant or a liver issue um, being brought to light. Like, are is this writer Wu Jong's way of not blasting viewers with that many medical terms or medical conditions that you know it's just a liver problem most of the time? Or maybe. They just really want to push organ ownership in Korea. Although we really wouldn't know. Yeah, that's true. And I also don't know if the actual numbers are like maybe just the rate of livers liver, are of liver needed. transplants yep. really higher than other organs in real life. That's why it's reflected that way. I think that's I'll have true. to research more on that. But yeah, that's one of the points that I just noticed. I just I kind of found it funny at first, but then also oh, a nitpick Oof. point. Yeah, because oh, another liver problem. Another liver problem. TJ Khaled. Another <laughs> liver problem. Oh, I have an issue with Junwan and Dixon. Mm-hmm. Like, where'd, where'd that come from, man? Like, I want to know more about the development of his feelings for her. Like, although I am a fan of how they interact, how funny they are together, they have on-screen chemistry, among other things, but it, it kind of feels rushed to me. Like, that love line. Okay, I think... This would be easier discussed if we compared it in contrast with Jong Won and Hyo. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> like I don't know. Let's 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 hit two birds with one stone and let's right. try to, to explain both. Okay, so you feel that Jong Won and Ixon's relationship was rushed, but we forget that these two people only met when Ixon was rushed to the, the hospital. hospital. Before yeah. then, I don't think they had any contact. Like, he thought she was a dog. Yeah, Mickey. And, you know, he it's mentioned in that episode that he had already repeatedly visited her. And at first, yeah. I thought it was because, you know, it was his close friend's sister. That's why he's taking extra care. But obviously, it's not just that. Like, maybe he was smitten by her from the, yeah. from the get-go. And, you know, moving from that, because let's say he did get attracted. It's not like they just suddenly fell in love. You know? He made an effort to visit her in, to in the base to okay. eat jajang. Yeah, but then, and, I guess for me, it, what drove him to drive all the way to the base to eat jajang? What, she was pretty? Because she was entertaining, she was funny. Uh, and, like, she was rapping, she like was it's, making the top joke. It's not oh, that okay, okay, big okay. of an investment to drive okay. somewhere, to date somewhere. Like, it's all just right, a date. Fine, fine, fine. And you have, you have there, changed my mind. From the date, you can see that there is progress every time. And there are sparks. We're shown them. They obviously have more chemistry than Gyo and Jongwon. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I need to mince words. I am not thing. ready for the hate. <laughs> we, when they eat, when they have mishaps, like when she kicks him, when Ikjun almost catches them. Almost all of their they, moments are iconic. Yeah. Even, mm. even when they fight or argue or talk about it's more memorable yeah. you can see they're like an actual couple or you see where the love and the care is coming from as mm-hmm. opposed to Gyoul and okay. Jongwon like when we first mm-hmm. get introduced to Gyoul and Jongwon he is kind of pissed at her because she doesn't know how to deal with parents and patients yeah. but at the same time we see that because she's earnest with work like she just genuinely wants to do a good job especially with that maggot incident mm. I personally thought that she was just proud or at least he was impressed uh, with that's what I saw. think that's where a lot of people may have but a different even opinion. then like, like me okay 
okay, let's see. Let's let's assume that you guys are right. That he did get attracted hey, to Joel because of the right or wrong. Uh, okay, I'm I'm giving you the benefit of that. Let's say it's true. <laughs> hey, yeah. What scenes happened after that that would have you know furthered his attraction to her mm. because they were always together? Well, then that was my whole point. Like June one didn't have that many interactions with her with Ixon to be. She had he had countless interactions. They were always yeah, but after they, they already did, but after they dated already, because yes. they were talking. You know, a lot, this is part of that. Off yeah, screen. yeah, but why can't you give that benefit of the doubt to the winter couple? Also? Because obviously, when it happened, when it finally happened, and they dated. They didn't they even date. They just freaking made out. No, no, not not Joel and, no. and Jongwon. I mean, Ixun and and Junwan. Hmm. Like you saw that there was progress to liking each other. They they would text often. They would call often. When where did when does that happen with with Gyoul and Jongwon? He doesn't even want to see a movie with her. He doesn't even want to eat with her. Yeah, you want to know why? Because he liked her. He doesn't want to treat her the same way he treats others because she's special. That's why. What leads to that? It's just it feels so unnatural and forced. Hmm. Like I I personally do not see chemistry between them. In terms of chemistry. I would tend to agree that their on-screen chemistry isn't that great, especially if you compare it to the other couples in the yeah. Like the show, I'm, I'm not even talking about the fact that. But then, but then the build-up to me was pretty much more than justified. They have their this montage of Jong Won actually showing more care to Yul and stuff like that. Like but then, when, like even even that particular like scene, which when? like that particular moment when Yul learned to explain better and Jong Won looks at her. It looks like it's a look of, you know, being proud of your mentee. It's not a look of attraction. If you could see my face right now, my it's like, what? You should, you should replay that scene. The look on his face was more of like a dad. Maybe, maybe he's just a dog. bad actor. <laughs> That's an even hotter thing. No, he's not. He's not. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not a bad actor. But yeah, if. I am open to to more evidence that okay. I will get back to you with my timestamps in our Jong-un. next episode. <laughs> but yeah, that's the 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 Gyo-ul and Jong Won take was my hot take for for this show. Your hot take, boy. So for that they, winter take, that's pretty cold actually. For compared to what's coming next, are you ready for mine? Go. Ikjun is not a good father. Oh shh. I don't disagree. Hey, wow. Wait, so what? Sure you if... don't disagree? Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm not sure if this is a hot take because it almost what? seems impossible, almost unrealistic that he's able to do everything that Abu he does G. while at the same time being a father. And right? there are repeated Why? scenes where we're shown. But then you that... described him as a model dad. Was just a fake everyone I said, into watching I the said show? question mark. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> because there are repeated I'm so excited for, for this fight but apparently you agree with me. So, all right. <laughs> I don't. Is it a fight? I don't think it's a fight. Nah, it's not because you agree. Yeah, for me, he kind okay, of okay. Go like state your state your case. Uh, he kind of feels like an absentee father. Like he spends all this time with <laughs> that band practice or waiting for Songwa among other things. But he has a child. It's like as you, as you said, it's like how do you have all this time to be super caring for your patients, to to be with your friends, to to be friends with a cafeteria lady among other things, and still be a present dad. But then I guess Uju which I, with us. And, but, yeah, I, I exactly. As a counterpoint, and I think that's where the drama the does get a bit convenient. inconsistent. Okay. Is that we think that he's a bad dad because he doesn't spend that much no, time. To be fair, I don't him. think he's a bad dad. I just think he's not as good as a father. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, yeah, Uju sure, disagrees because oh, yeah. if if he's a single dad and he doesn't maybe he doesn't spend as much time as he should, then maybe Uju would be more distant to him. But it's the opposite. It's the opposite. He, Uju, he is Uju so close to that. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is Uju's universe, in his words. Yeah. He's so alcoholic. Is, is it just a matter of the show not showing us more scenes with Uju and Ikjun? Oh, I'm changing my hot take. My hot take is Uju deserves more screen time. That's not a hot take either. <laughs> That's just a statement from you. My lukewarm take. More Uju for the Uju audience. But I think the drama does need to have, just need to better explain how it's realistically possible for 
freak Jun to be able to manage for all that. For a yeah, surgeon to be a single dad, to attend conferences, to have band practice. And yeah, and not just attend the conference. He, he needed to prepare for pre- that, right? Yeah. So all of these things and at the same time still do Dude, he has 40 hours to... in a day. He doesn't have 24. He's he's operating in a separate universe. To wrap up the first part of our hospital playlist yeah, review, so hot takes. let us end with our key takeaways for the show. All right. For me, I've gained so much more respect for our hospital workers. And we don't really know how much they how much time they actually sacrifice to honor their duty to us, especially in this very difficult time. So mm-hmm. so much love. I wish we had Patreon money to send your way, but we don't. For me, it's the treasure of friendship and that we see how important it is for someone to have friends, to keep them sane, to support them through the different stages of their life, from college to life in 40s. Mm. I think and the 99ers are like squad goals. They are very much they are, right? squad goals. And you know they, they give a very good example of what a friend should do in the cases that tough times do come and what lines you should and should not cross, what sort of things you should expect from your, from your friends and what you should be giving yep. to your friends. That's true. So that's, that's basically isn't it. Maybe this show is a better at showing how friends are like than friends. That's my hot take. That's not so hot. That's, that's just fact, man. That's <laughs> fact. I think we will end on that note. Hospital playlist showing friendship much better than, than friends. friends. <laughs> okay, so that should be it. This is Aji. This is Robin. This has been The, the Sam Show. show. Your go-to show for K-drama content. Please tune in next week for our continuation of the Hospital Playlist Review. We will be talking about our iconic lines and scenes and reenacting them, as well as awarding Beck Samchon Awards and giving our scores. 